1: To the Doc G Show, I'm your host, Doc G, with me as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus Furticus, Charette. Doc G, what is up, sir? Whoo, man, it is another Wednesday. Mike, give it to me straight. How you living? Hmm. I feel
2: like I'm an 8.5 right today. Okay, which I guess is kind of like you are back to your center. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So you're feeling zen with the world right now. Yeah, not too high, not too low.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no cold shower. You know, no stretching so far. But uh, you know, so I'm like, I'm I'm right there. Where are you at, Doc? What's your What's your one through ten scale today? Well, it's equivalent to your
1: eight point five. I would say (laughs) i am at am at a I'm at a seven. So all right, perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, I, again, you know me. I go on the academia scale. Yeah. 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 70 is passing. C's get degrees. Yeah. I'm right in uh-huh. the average. Okay. And yeah. Now, if I was at like a 60, uh, six, yeah. Mm, yeah. Now I'm a little bit lower, but I'm, yeah, Mm-hmm. I'm average. I'm average. I'm not going to oversell it for the listeners. I don't want to think um, I won the lottery over here, but I'm, <laughs> you know. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. If you okay. won the
2: lottery, where would you where would you be? Hmm.
1: I I mean, you know, uh, let's be honest. There's only a certain amount of money that the, you know, the the saying money buys happiness, Mike, yeah. uh is true to a certain extent. That's uh-huh. been proven by science a lot, right? Yeah, it's like past 200,000 or something. Yeah, yeah, if you have $10,000, your life sucks, That's and okay. it can get yeah. a lot lot better the more money you have. But then, like you said, you plateau after a couple hundred thousand dollars. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't buy anything. It's not making uh-huh. anything better. So you know, it would. I, I could buy a lot of dumb shit at the lottery. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> there'd be all kinds of. There'd be Higher pirate gold. treasure. Yes, <laughs> yes, all kinds of treasure. We'd have so many get, gadgets and gizmos for the show, Mike. There'd be so like my. I'd be like Mike. I bought a drone Sweet. for the show, and you'd be like, "What?" I'd be like, "Yeah." Just so we can get some overhead shots of Jacksonville. Yeah. Just <laughs> flying through, you know? Like, you yeah, have a drone I, in your room. Yeah. In the studio. <laughs> just getting an aerial headshot of me, you know? But anyway, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I would probably take me up to like an 8.9. Yeah. You know? That's, Tempor- uh, that's good. Temporarily, it would take me up to like a 9.8. But oh, then I yeah, would yeah, realize yeah. how not, you know, like. How impactful it is, but there's still
2: other life problems, and then I'd be like, yeah. "Okay." All a right. family member would ask you for money, and it would bring you right back down to base. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. come yeah. on. And, yeah. and then you know,
1: yeah. Anyways, anyways, Mike, you know, on this show we talk about uh, dining experiences a lot. Oh yeah. And uh, we like to talk about how uh, folks can eat at different restaurants in mm-hmm. all the great cities across this world of ours, you know? Yes. And because of that, uh, I was uh, I was intrigued by a little bit of clickbait I saw over the weekend. I was cruising through potential stories and I was cru- and I saw this headline from Reader's Digest 16 Polite Habits, restaurant staffers secretly dislike. Hmm. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I bet I know one of them. I know one of them. Word. Well, I I was surprised. I was uh, surprised because I thought, Mike, you know, I was like, hey, we like to eat. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe the listeners since, I mean, I know it's been a while since pandemic restrictions have been uh, minimized, but, you know, maybe they haven't gone out to eat a lot. Maybe they need a refresher on how to act in public. So... I thought these hot tips would be great for the listeners and us, you know? For sure. Um, we're going to go through the top 10. We're not going to go through all 16 because we don't have that much time. And uh, our, I, I feel like our listeners will be good after 10. They don't need all 16. Yeah, it's, no, they'll, yeah, 10's fine. They'll, they'll be very well-mannered after 10, so we don't sure. need all 16. Uh, and, Mike, since you used to be a part of the service industry, you can tell us if you agree with these or not, you know? Okay. Back yeah. in the back in your uh, uh, Carrabba days, wasn't it? Yeah, Was it? yeah, Carrabba's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah wow.
2: Carrabba's, uh, Maggiano's. Uh, oh
1: man, multiple. Atlanta uh, Grill, uh, classy uh, <laughs> Italian restaurants. My goodness. Okay. Uh, my- All right.
2: I got like ten more. Uh, no, McDonald's, <laughs> Wendy's. Uh, okay.
1: All right. Here we go. Number one. The uh, uh, softball on this number one, holding up your glass to ask for a refill. <laughs> yeah. What? Ew. Like I thought they said these were polite habits, Mike. That's not a polite habit. No that's way. A, that's a d- habit right there. Like nobody wants to see that at a restaurant. Like that's the mimicking action of like, hey, service winch, come <laughs> serve me. Like yeah, on. that's a royal.
2: That's a royal move.
1: Dumb. So, anyways, listeners, if you, if you were doing that, stop it. Not cool. Yeah, don't do it.
2: Number two, going
1: to a server station. Hmm. So, like, just getting up and being like, hey, here's what I need. Which, I don't, I, I don't know about you, Mike, but on this one, I think there has to be a time limit. Like, if it's been over 10 minutes and you haven't seen your waiter or waitress, I think you're allowed to look for them. For sure, you know. For sure, because I've been in a restaurant where that's happened, and it's got to be—it's got to be a clear ten minutes. Like you got to start the timer, and if you see them anywhere in the dining hall, then it resets because mm-hmm. they're busy, they're doing other things, they're going getting things done. But yeah. if you just don't see them and they're a you gotta get something done, man. I got For things sure. to do, For sure. you know. Yeah. But uh oh, this one obvious number three, Mike. Asking for them to split the check at the end. Bro, come on. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh.
2: Try to do it in the beginning. Let them uh, know.
1: Don't even do it then, man. It's just unnecessary. There's no excuse. Nope. Like, they're not your personal accountant. You know? Yeah. They don't need to do that. There are too many options now for people to break up their own money. Zelle, Venmo, PayPal. That's true. Like, That's true. Like, thousand other things. Split it on your own time. Don't ask mm-hmm. them to do that. They're not a... They're not a bank attendant. They're a waiter. <laughs> That's what they do. All right. Yeah. Split up and, your bad tender date. Uh, yeah. Between the two of you. <laughs> and yeah. And usually the person that wants to split the check is the person that always went halvesies on the appetizer, and then they're just trying to get out of paying for it. That's a fact. Well, you, mm-hmm. you, you, you wanted those jalapeno poppers, right? That wasn't. I mean, I had a couple, but I don't know if. <laughs> do I need to? Yes, you cheap dick. You have to pay for them. Like, just ridiculous, Mike. Number four. Uh, so, by the way, I will say, on all three of the first ones, I, I am not guilty of doing any of those if you put the limit of 10 minutes in there. Because, again, I had a waiter that went, like, AWOL for, like, 20 minutes, and I had to go find him because I had to leave You went the to the restaurant. kitchen. <laughs> well, I was like, I got to leave, man. I got appointments to be at. I can't just hang out here forever. Like, um, anywho. I have not done any of the other things, and I have not done this one either. For putting trash in your glass at the end of the meal. Oh yeah, don't do that. Huh? What kind of sick freak does this, Mike? Like yeah, I don't know. That's you, weird. You don't understand? They reuse the glassware. Like, come on. Would you do this at your home? You finish a meal, and you're just like, all right, well, there we go. <laughs> Put that in there. There, that works. Like, come on. <laughs> Wouldn't want to come over to your house if you did. No. That's um, gross. Number five, Mike, using terms of endearment for the weight staff. Hmm. Examples, sweetheart, honey, missy, handsome, cutie. None of those. Buddy. None of those are acceptable, Mike. <laughs> none of them. Now, I will say there's an exception to this rule, Mike. Like like all things in life. I think we can, we can say this is true. Either fairly or unfairly, there is a sliding scale of your ability to use these terms of endearment with how attractive you are. Hmm. That's true. If, That's a good point. If you're extremely attractive and you use one of these, the person's going to be just fine with you using it. They're going to yeah. be like, oh, wow. Brad Pitt thinks I'm good looking? Nice. (laughs) He called me honey? All right, I'm coming back to this table. This is pretty nice. But if you're ugly, mm -mm. Mm mm-mm. Nah. And here's here's an important rule that goes along with the sliding rule, Mike. You have to honestly judge your attractiveness. So true. Very important. You may want to ask other people if you're attractive or not before you start using these these terms of endearment right just ask a couple of friends like am i attractive give it to me straight can i say sweetheart (laughs) yeah sweetheart yeah and they'll be like no you know also outside of the slide rule mike if you're just old if you're 100 people will let it slide right yeah let's let's put a let's put a marker on it of uh 75 and older people will let it slide if you're 75 or older yeah Uh, that's how they talk they're not they're not going to let it slide for 75 and younger unless you're attractive. Mike number 6 ordering for everyone at the table.
3: What? Girl,
1: come on. Again, who are these people, Mike? The alpha. Who- uh I will tell you what everybody at the me- <laughs> uh, at the table is going to have here. Sally's going to have the steak. No, I'm not. You jack. Let me order myself. And Lord, who is that? No, thank you. Number eight, Mike, I thought this one was very obvious, but apparently not. Um, giving physical compliments. Ew. <laughs> what? Who does this? Like know. you just like, I mean, obvious the obvious one's like, hey, got a really nice fine caboose, my lady. Like, and then like the non, like, who would be like, hey, can I just say? You've got a great bone structure in your face. Hmm. What? What? What is wrong with you? Now, I do have to say, I don't know if I've ever done it for a waitress, Mike, but I have given a random compliment before on teeth. What do you think about that? Is that bad? Hmm. Nah. Like somebody just had amazing teeth, teeth. and I just had to be like, "You, you, you need to be an ad for toothpaste. That is yeah. fantastic, you know. I don't. I don't think that's inappropriate. Even no. like, uh, but I haven't done. I don't think I've done it to a waitress, so I don't think that counts. Like as far as me violating these rules, I think that mm-hmm. was in normal everyday situation. Uh, and then the person uh, sprayed me with pepper spray, so <laughs> uh, that taught me not to do that. Number nine, Mike, putting your napkin on top of your dirty plate when you're finished. Oh,
2: come on! Yeah,
1: don't do that. Now, I will say, I, I'm guilty of this one. I'm guilty of this one. But, I will also, also say to my defense, Mike, I don't ever
2: leave food on my plate. Yeah, it depends on the uh, situation. If it's a sandwich and fries, I mean, you know, it's a. Dry, but if, if you just spin it, finished a plate of spaghetti, yeah. Pomodoro sauce. You know, yeah, yeah, no, see, like, I the napkin goes on
1: it but it, it looks like it's already been through the dishwasher because i'm yeah. not letting any food escape from this mouth okay yeah, it's no way. it's it's being sucked up like a hoover vacuum so there's nothing <laughs> nothing leaving before that napkin hits the plate so even though i violated this one i wouldn't really say it's a dirty plate you know mm-hmm. anywho number 10 mike last one here explaining normal things to the wait staff Huh? My God, I, yeah, I, oh, I, I skipped, no, I skipped one, Mike. My bad. I got, we got one more after this one, but. Okay. Uh, I have
2: an honorable mention, by the way, if it's not the next one.
1: Okay, uh, I don't know about you, Mike, but, like, I'm not one for waxing poetic with the wait staff. like. Nope. I know most likely if they weren't forced by their job, they wouldn't be talking to me. So like... So true. If they do their job and bring me the food I ordered and bring me the check, that's it. We don't need to say yeah. anything else. We don't need to talk about the weather or ask about their day. Like, I know you're trying to get a tip. I'll give you a tip. Don't try to suck up to me. I'm not going to talk to you. Just give me the food and I'll give you a tip and we'll end it at that. Like... yeah. It's just, you know, no, I don't need to <laughs> do extra things. Number seven, Mike, let's see if this was yours. Here's the last one. Uh, giving cooking instructions
2: when ordering. <laughs> was that it? Okay, well, no, 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 but I would like to hear more about this.
1: Well, you know, like, the person that goes into way too much detail as far as, like, uh, could you bring those out extra crispy? Oh, and, yeah, And yeah, yeah. uh, you separate these two things, mm-hmm. and you do... No, f- You get what's on the menu. That's what you ordered. Like, I just, mm, people, man, they're too demanding. They're too too demanding. I don't know, Mike. It's just, it seems a little bit
2: much. I don't like it it at all. It is. I don't like it. What's your honorable mention, Mike? Uh, stacking plates. Don't stack plates, guys. Mm. Come on, don't stack that, plates.
1: That was that was on the six
2: that I didn't list, Mike. Uh, okay. That was there. Okay. That was okay. there, yes. Yeah, just don't stack plates. That's it. It's, That's all I got.
1: They, They've got an order of how they clean it, folks, and then you're just making yeah. it dirty for when they take it down, mm-hmm. when they unstack your plates, unnecessary. Yeah, now the bottom's dirty. Uh, the bottom compl- of the plate's dirty, yeah. Completely agree, Mike. Completely agree. Mike, now, how do you feel about me and you going out to a fancy dinner together? at a fancy restaurant.
2: Do you think we're ready? Say what? Oh yeah, we're still going to be disgusting, but yes, we're definitely ready. <laughs> besides our besides our actual physical appearance. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: We'll be we'll be very very well mannered. We're yes. ready for we're ready for Mortons of Chicago right now, Mike. Yes. Let's right?
2: go. You ever eaten at Mortons? I don't uh, I don't I don't I think I have. I know it's a steakhouse. Yeah. I, uh, I just, it's good, man. Sh- it, it's yeah. like, it, it's
1: like Shula's. It's like uh, Ruth Chris. I'd put it above Ruth Chris, I think. You know? Okay. Yeah. I've had Ruth's Chris. I've had Shula's. I don't know if I've had Morton's to be honest. It's, it's, ex- it's expensive. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't think it's any more expensive than those two though. Honestly, mm-hmm. there's one in Las Vegas corner of paradise and Flamingo. I looked it up for you. Ooh.
2: Yeah. I have to check it out.
1: Yeah, sixteen ounce Cajun ribeye. Get a little bordelaise butter on it. Oh, yummy! Oh man. Anyways, I digress. Delicious. Are you ready to fire
2: this show up, Mike? Let's fire it up, Doc G. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off.
1: Woo! Fantastic guest, Mike. Oh my gosh, so excited. We have none other than Sam morell on the show. Legendary. Woo! Man, my goodness. He's gonna be six shows, Mike. You know, this guy, I mean, it's not cool in comedy to like work hard. Oh. Nope. You know, that's not a thing you do in comedy, right? Like you do work hard, but you oh, gotta yeah. act like you don't work hard. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. You gotta act like you're not hustling because nobody's gonna laugh at a hustler, right? Yeah, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. But like this dude is doing six shows in 3 days. Jesus. 6 shows. He sold out the original shows in all 3 cities and then was like I'm adding another a uh, uh, matinee show. Same day, same like, you know, like it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. That that's hustle right there. That's hustle, yeah, man. Is. That's hustle and he's selling out all 6 of them. That's, that's right. It's nuts. We're going to talk about uh performing in Florida. We're going to talk about performing for David Letterman, a little basketball. Can't wait. But we need yes. to start where we start, Mike.
2: Birthday suit. Happy
1: birthday, Mr. President. Who do we got? Mike, we left off you were 20 for 30. Yes. I I think you might be able to prove upon that today. All right. Uh, We got a football player. You're probably not going to get him. Nope. Um, But I think you got the other two. I think you got this first one. Born on March 22nd, 1976 in New Orleans, Louisiana. Her birthday suit parents were a professor and a physician. Jeez. Talk about getting set up in life. There you go. Yeah. She was a very driven child. She started taking acting lessons at 11. She loved reading, which carried over to her going to Stanford for a degree in English. But before going to Stanford... When she was just 15, she played in the movie Man in the Moon. She then played in a miniseries Return to Lonesome Dove in 1993. She ultimately started at Stanford but decided to drop out to focus on acting full time. In 2000, she made a guest appearance on Friends as Rachel's sister Jill. (coughs) Then in 2001, she starred in her biggest role to date, or well, to that point, which was Elle Woods in Legally Blonde. Hmm. Then in 2002, she starred in Sweet Home, Alabama. Then in she starred in Legally Blonde 2. In 2005, she played June Carter Cash in the movie Walk the Line. She starred in the comedy Four Christmases in 2008. Starred in the movie Mud with the old Mac attack, Matthew McConaughey. 2019, she starred in a TV series called uh,
2: Morning Show with Jennifer Aniston. Name that birthday suit wearer. To be honest, Doctor, actually, I know the face. I don't know the person. You
1: know the person. I know the The person. I don't know the name. The initials are RW. Think about it. Hmm. Yeah, no. I, thank, I just... thank candy, Mike. What? Peanut butter and chocolate, Mike. Huh?
2: No. You, I, I, you we'll, were starting. We'll be here forever, Doctor. Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon, yeah. yeah. Reese I, Witherspoon. <laughs> Reese's, man.
1: Reese's. Yeah. Yeah, Reese Witherspoon. She's pretty fantastic, Mike. She's pretty fantastic. I, I enjoy her. Um she seems like um well I, I yeah a, a couple things she seems like a fairly cool mom nowadays that her mm-hmm. her her uh daughter is like 24 or something like that uh really? yeah yeah wow yeah she's getting up there getting up there I will say though it was interesting I had no idea I was going through her Wikipedia page when I came up with this you know and uh, on the Wikipedia page, I had no idea that back in the, uh, just like a couple of years ago, I forget when it was, um, she apparently got, uh, her husband got pulled over by uh, the cops. And then, yeah, so April, okay, it wasn't just a couple of years ago, it was 2013, Girl, come a while on. back. But she was arrested and charged with disorderly conduct when her, when, her, uh, when her husband was pulled over. I'd sort of like to see that. I feel like that was a, a Sweet Home Alabama moment right there. I feel like that was... <laughs> yeah. That's Anyways, Mike,
2: are you ready to rip some headlines? Yes. Let's rip some headlines. I've not seen any of her movies. Actually, American Psycho, I guess. She was an American Psycho. Yeah. But I've honestly never seen any of her movies.
1: You never. You have never went down the Sweet Home Alabama
2: route, Mike. Girl, come on. I've not watched any. I'm like going through her... You have never watched Walk the Line? Oh, man. She was in Where the Crawdads Sing. Yeah. Okay. I did watch that movie, and that was fantastic. Do not remember her in the movie. Not a large
1: part. Not a large part. Okay. Mike, you got to go back and watch Walk the Line, man. If you haven't seen Walk the Line... You need to watch it. That's a fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that to me is one of the best Joaquin Phoenix movies he's done. He's got a lot really? of really. Oh yeah, Signs. Yeah, no, I think it out. I I outplay Joker? Signs. Uh, Joker, maybe. By the way, fun fact: Sam Morrell's in Joker. Do you realize he that? he is in Joker? Yeah, yeah he the was the host of the comedy yeah, show. Exactly That's right. Yeah, ah, good part. Yeah, man. Anywho, Mike, you ready to rip some headlines? We got to do it. Let's again. rip some headlines. <laughs> It's now time for RIP from the Headlines. Mike Gwyneth Paltrow. You remember her? Oh,
2: yeah. She's got the candle. Yeah.
1: Yeah, she, she was on the uh, Art of Being Well podcast recently. Hmm. Which, no offense to Gwyneth, Mike, but it's sort of like you just did with Reese Weatherspoon. I was like, what the f- did she do now? I had to go back and like look and you know for like the last nine years she basically hasn't really acted in pretty much anything she's done some like Marvel things she's got some role in Marvel I don't know what it is
2: Iron Man's wife
1: yeah Yeah. Uh, apparently it's uh, mostly it's just goop things now she has her company goop which is you know uh, basically pseudo scientific and that's what she does all the time So, uh, also, apparently, back in the day with her, Mike, she's on trial right now for a hit and run she did on a ski slope. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. She allegedly hit an old dude and gave him a concussion and four broken ribs. What? Hmm. I mean, obviously, Mike, these allegations are serious, but in my head, they definitely aren't. Like, Mm. I just... That's a very comical thing, thinking of her running into this dude in my head on skis. Just sort of makes me laugh. Anywho, she, Did she was- she offer
2: him some products? Oh, sorry. All right. <laughs>
1: we have no idea, Mike. We, I mean, it's going to come out in the trial. We're going to see. The ribs We're,
2: are broken. Here's some cream for no, your ribs. <laughs> I've got,
1: I've got, well, there's some products coming out right now, Mike, in this, well, not a product, I guess a service that she talked about. Anywho, okay. she was on the podcast, Mike- And uh, they ask her, what was the weirdest thing she's ever done in the name of wellness? Hmm. And she said, rectal ozone therapy. Ew. And she said she found this very helpful, Mike. Tell me more. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Mike, this is literally blowing smoke up your... (laughs) With the smoke being ozone in this case. Ooh. And just to let you know, there's nothing beneficial of this,
2: right? Nope.
1: Normally, uh, how does oxygen uh, uh, hang around in our uh, world, Mike? It hangs around in O2, right? Hmm. Ozone is O3. Now, uh, not to get too deep into the chemical bond differences between O2 and O3, but uh, O3 does not actually have any benefits to humans, It doesn't do anything for humans. And so, literally, this is not beneficial at all. Nope. Like, and it's just insane to shove it up your (laughs) Hmm. There's no, there is not one single published, peer-reviewed paper that says, oh, you know what? Blowing ozone up your butt. Now you're doing stuff. (laughs) Now, that's beneficial. Not good at all, Mike. So Enema. So I'm going to say, Mike, um, Gwyneth, go back to shallow hell. I, yeah. I remember that. That was nice. That was good.
2: That was but a good movie, yeah.
1: Don't promote weird crap that doesn't work. Side so note, Mike, do you remember she was engaged to Brad Pitt? What? Huh?
2: Yeah, I don't remember
1: that, actually. Neither do I. I guess I was like yeah. too young or something. It was 93. And she went out with him from 93 to 97. They were like engaged for like a year. Like, 96 to 97. Hmm. Yeah. Weird. Anyways, Mike, uh, story from uh, Philadelphia. Meteorologist from uh, Philadelphia. She's making her rounds on social media, news outlets. She's been uh, in a lot of places. uh, Because what she said uh, before St. Patrick's Day. So, Karen Rogers was giving the weekend forecast for St. Patrick's Day. She had uh, somehow she ended up with two monitor clickers in both hands, right? You know, the little monitor clickers that yeah. they have to go through their little presentation? Right. And she she made a comment on it. She's like, oh, my God, I'm double fisting cl- uh, clickers here <laughs> on the on the show, right. which is already, you know, questionable terming for it, right? A little weird. Sure. Why would you say double fisting, right? Hmm. She finished the forecast, and then she passed it to the the anchor jessica boyington and said now to another woman who enjoys double fisting in another way all right (laughs) (laughs) wow and jessica then says guys guys she means beer don't put me on youtube my god she means beer
2: wow
1: Uh, Mike, I checked both of their Instagrams after this, and it's pretty good. On the last post, which she posted a day before Karen proposed that she loves double fisting, there were about a hundred comments on Jessica's last post. Sweet. Uh which I agree with Goose 618, who said, I'm just here for the comment section. Okay. And I said, I am too, Goose. Yeah. I am too which even porn actress Nikki Binz had to jump in the comment section and say, guys, she means beer. Wow. She meant beer, guys. And I was like, Nikki, me and you both know she didn't. You know? <laughs> you know? I, I, feel, I feel like that meteorologist thought she was pulling in something slick, and then she didn't realize how many people were going to catch on to her real meaning, you know? Mm-hmm. She didn't realize that was a fairly obvious catch a uh, term, you know. I don't know. It's just me, Mike. I'm just saying, meteorologists are double-fisting things in Philly and it's still Florida that folks consider uncouth. Come on. Come on. <laughs> we don't have that going on, Mike. We do not have that going on. Uh, Mike, do you know celebrity chef Robert Irvine? Um, no, not familiar. He's the dude that had the show uh, Restaurant Impossible. It's where he goes in there and tries to save a, a restaurant from failing because they're not okay. doing yeah, things I think right. I I watched
2: a couple episodes. Yeah. Uh, over the weekend,
1: he was at the old uh, Food Network South Beach Wine and Food Festival. And uh, he told an interview the number one thing he looks for in a restaurant the first time he goes there. Hmm might catch you by surprise mike he said quote well the first thing i look for is are the bathrooms clean i th- yeah i do that too i do that too you sick freak mike yeah sick- no it's it's it means a lot he said the bathrooms are clean the kitchens are clean everything else is clean
3: Girl, come on
1: mike i'm gonna say that is wrong you are both yeah. wrong All right. You are both wrong. Because guess what? I'm not eating out of the toilet, guys. Nope. I don't care what's going on in the bathroom. I care what's going on in the kitchen. And let me tell you, Mike, even if the bathrooms are clean, doesn't take away from the fact that someone in the kitchen is putting their balls on your steak. That's that's an embedded fact of eating out. You got to make your peace with that before you start the meal. That's gonna be there, yeah. all right. That's just gonna be there. Bathrooms cleaned? No, Mike. No, no. You, you gotta ch- so? gotta change your perception, Mike. That's like yeah. if I ask you what you look for in a date, and you were like, "Uh, I really look for do they keep their closet organized or not?" Ew. What? Mm-hmm. That's not why I'm dating, guys. Nope. That is not why I'm dating. That is not why I go to a restaurant. That is not what I look for in ladies. <laughs> All right? No, thank you. No, thank you, Mike. Anyways, no, I totally agree with you. I'm just making jokes. Anywho. <laughs> um, Mike, we've got a celebration before we go to break. Very exciting. We've got a uh, Guinness World Record here. Oh, Mary McCoy little alliteration. I like it. Mary
2: McCoy. So true. Mary
1: McCoy, uh, she has been working five days a week as a radio host, Mike, since she was uh, age 12. What? Child labor. She started at 12. She said, quote, growing up, my dream was to get into the entertainment business. I started out singing at talent shows, and I was asked to audition for the radio show. They liked what they heard and I started working at KMCO Radio doing a fifteen minute singing program. Since then, Mike, she has continued working as a DJ for what's about seventy-two years. What yeah. She started she started for KMCO in nineteen fifty-one. Yeah, that's when child labor was okay. 1951 she started djing during the truman administration mike wow the truman she back in 1955 when she was working as a dj mike she shared the stage with elvis elvis Hmm. she did a concert where elvis was 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 performing and she she has a picture there's a picture on the internet of her hugging elvis got a picture of her and the king wow yeah Yeah. Yes. Now she has a show, uh, KVST, K-Star Country in Huntsville, Texas, not far from Houston. Six days a week, Mike, two hours a day, Mary is spinning country classics.
2: That's right. Man, she's got those reps. Yeah. Those radio reps.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, you talk about the real deal stories about the song, Mary lived those mother
2: effers. Yeah, she did.
1: She's in it, man. She is in it. And it's sort of, you know, it's sort of like I talked about with uh, Hubie Brown. You remember when I was talking about Hubie Brown and basketball and, like, Mm -hmm. you know, how he's 90? Like, can you imagine everything that has changed for Mary since she started DJing? Like, the studio is a completely different place. Yeah. Like...
2: Totally different.
1: Like when she started radio station, the studio looked like a mix between like a vinyl library and the inside of a <laughs> spaceship for a star Wars. Like just like vinyls everywhere. And then knobs and gauges and dials just going banana. Now there's a microphone, a laptop and a mixer.
2: And that's, that's it. it. Like yeah, that's it. it's ridiculous. Like she was doing it when like people were watching the radio. Yeah. <laughs> they would just What's look at it. What's going on over there? I wonder what Mary looks like.
1: She sounds like a looker. My goodness. I bet she's got some impeccable gams. Anyways, yes. let's go enjoy some stickball outside and a good smoke <laughs> afterwards to make sure our lungs are healthy. What? Like just my god, man. Hats off to you, Mary. Hats off yeah. to you. Can't wait until we are celebrating 72 years of the doc g show mike it's gonna be good it's gonna be good in the year what would that be 2088 oh it's gonna be so good 2088 good morning everyone i will be a young 103 it'll be nice can't wait can't wait uh mike we are gonna take a break we are gonna be right back we're gonna take a clip, Mike. We're gonna hear from none other than Sam Morell. This is a little bit of a stand-up. Mm. Just get you guys enticed. Here we go.
4: Once a year, I'll, I'll get into it with a troll. It's like my Mardi Gras. I'll really like, <laughs> I'll let it fly, you know? I like, I, I'll look, but I'm also like, I mean, I'm not gonna get involved or engage, but once in a while, it is fun. Last year, uh, and don't pretend that, act like you're a great person here. We're all mortified by this but remember the baby that got eaten by the alligator at Disney. <laughs> we can all agree it's a tragedy. Comedy Central wanted me to say that. I think it's kind of funny, but... <laughs> That's a joke, it's a tragedy, I'm kidding guys. But No, it's a terrible thing that happened. <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna tell a joke. I'm not just reporting That's sad news. So the baby got eaten by the alligator at Disney. Is that where we left off? (laughs) And it's a tragic thing. Uh, And I was like, that's terrible. And then two weeks went by and I was like, all right, it's time. It's time. Of course it's terrible, but let's try. And uh, I went on stage that night at the Comedy Cellar, and I said, I don't mean to come off like a gun nut. I just think if that baby was carrying a weapon, he'd still be with us. That's how I feel. <laughs> Not a great joke, but it's timely. And there's a woman on the front row, and she just goes, no. <laughs> I was like, well, she's like, you can't joke about that, which guarantees I will continue to keep joking about it. If you know anything about comedians, that's all we need. (laughs) And she's like, no, you can't. I was like, so I'm like, did you even watch the baby's funeral on TV? Which it wasn't on TV. They don't, they don't televise baby funerals, but it is a pilot I'm thinking of pitching. (laughs) Coming this fall to MTV after Teen Mom. (laughs) Uh, he kind of asked her, did you even see the baby's funeral on TV and she said no I guess I haven't seen the baby's funeral on TV and I said well if you did you would have seen the mother come on through tears and say see you later alligator which is uh, <laughs> <laughs> she gets up and walks out her husband stays put which is how you know it's a good joke <laughs> and there's a part of me that is excited by this because I know I'm the subject of conversation the car ride home You know that she's like, he was terrible and the husband's like, I thought he had some good stuff, you know? I thought he was bringing it tonight, you know? So they email the Comedy seller, my home club, and they, and the Comedy seller forwards me the email. Ha ha ha, with 11 exclamation points. I counted, I did count. And I will now read you the best email I ever got in my life. Here's how it opens. Okay, you want blunt, I'll be blunt. So you know some bad <laughs> It's never like, you want blunt? Wonderful evening, thank you. <laughs> a disgusting person, Sam Morel, took the stage and spent the first few minutes of his act disrespecting the two-year-old child who was murdered by the alligator at Disney. <laughs> I'm gonna say it, murdered is a strange word choice to <laughs> here, you know? That makes it sound like the alligator was paid to do it. Then afterwards, he went to a pay phone and was like, it's done. <laughs> and then he belched and ran away in a trench coat. <laughs> I have never in my life been so offended and repulsed by someone. I immediately left and stopped to tell your staff why. This is my favorite part. They followed me to make sure my drinks were being paid. <laughs> I mean... It's just so wonderfully condescending that she's like, I'm furious. And they're like, "Mm mm-hmm, those Coronas weren't free. (laughs) Sarah. I should say that the comic before me on this show, friend of mine, she made like six Holocaust jokes and this woman wasn't bothered by any of them. She even mentioned them in the email. She's acting like they didn't even happen. I mean, some would call her a denier, but you know. Thank you, thank you. I would expect all human beings would be offended by a sicko making jokes about a two-year-old baby's tragic death, saying his mother probably said, later gator, at his funeral. I mean, even in text form, it kind of holds up, you know? It's, is it the gift that keeps on giving? Yes, it is. This is a woman who's trying to get me fired over later gator, a play on words, which to me is a bit of a crock, honestly. It really is. Now. No. I have posted about this on every social media account I own. She sounds fun. (laughs) I've asked everyone I know to share it. The comedian himself replied to me to say, pretty strong act, huh? (laughs) I did do that. That is true. If you troll me, I will occasionally troll back. (laughs) I'm hosting a sports show and I basically got media trained because I think they saw me as a liability. And... (laughs) They're worse. But they were reading some tweets. I don't know if you've ever had a gray-haired person read your Twitter. It is enlightening to say the least. One of the tweets they actually read out loud was, uh, someone tweeted at you here, Sam, that uh, your comedy is a waste. And you replied, your father's waste. (laughs) I'm like, so you want me to keep doing that or no? She ends it by saying, what a complete and utter pathetic excuse for a human. He doesn't deserve to breathe the same air or live on the same planet as that precious little boy's family. He can go fly a kite. Where's <laughs> that last part? It always gets me. I would love to fly a kite. It sounds like a pleasant recreational activity. Kite flying. <laughs> She's very tightly wound. She could use a vacation. I'm thinking Disney, but you know. <laughs> The owner of the club is a very good guy, I like him a lot, he emailed this woman and said, we feel bad, you had a rough night here, we'd like to make it up to you and maybe comp you and your husband for a night out, and I hope they accept, and I think it'd be a great idea for them to rebook me for the gig. <laughs> Nothing would make me happier, they're sitting there like, finally wow. we can take our mind off that awful, awful man. <laughs> your first comic coming to the stage, Sam, the Gator Morel. <laughs>
2: No worries. Yes, sir. And
1: we are back here on the Doc G show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida.
2: Mike, what should the listeners do? Hmm. Well, Doc G, you know, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive way to waste their time, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a cost-effective way to support the show. And listeners, if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a five-star review. Give us a comment. We love comments. We read the comments. Amen. I I will read them.
1: I will read. If you put a good comment on there, I'm going to put it on the show. Oh, yeah. That's what will happen. Say what? Okay. If it is creative, it is fantastic, and sadly, we haven't really got any of those in a very long time, I will put it on the show, listeners. Mm-hmm. I will put it on the show. That's right. You will be Doc G famous. That's right. Doc G famous. Yes. Anyways, yes. Mike, we need to thank the regular listeners. Are you ready? I'm ready. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, Olive Olive Branch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina, Los Angeles, California, and Spartansburg, South Carolina. (laughs) And... Athens, Georgia. There hey, we go. Ah, I tripped at the end. I wanted to call it California again, man. I got that Los Angeles, California beside Spartansburg, South Carolina, and yeah. I see California, and I'm just like, oh, I'm dumb, Mike. I'm dumb. <laughs> oh. Anyways, thank you to the regular listeners. We appreciate you, it. We I saw you. Ashburn, Virginia crank up the listens this week. They they got even higher than they normally do. So shout out to Ashburn. They've shout been out. Mike Ashburn has been regular listeners. Perhaps longer than anybody on that list. I mean, I'm excluding Jacksonville since, you know, that's where we're out of. So obviously, come on. Yeah. But like I don't think I don't think any other group besides Ashburn, Ashburn has been regulars for longer. They've been getting nice. it, you know? We so appreciate that. Shout you, out Ash, to friend. them. Yeah. Shout out to them, man. Uh, Mike Semi-regulars. You ready? Shout Here we go. Out. Here we go. Shout out to Columbus, Ohio. Norwalk, California. Selena, Oklahoma. That's a that's a cowboy Kent listener right there, Selena, hey, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. That's a, Billings, Montana. I got a feel a feeling too. That person in Billings, they were looking for a little Kent right there. That's mm-hmm. Not to stereotype, but that's what I'm feeling. Uh, Canby, Oregon. Shout out to them. Atlanta, Georgia. Auckland, New Zealand. Seattle, Washington. Norman, Oklahoma. Again, probably Kent fans right there. Palm Coast, Florida. Plano, Texas. Vancouver, Canada. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Two weeks left, guys. You got two weeks before you're on the regulars. Keep it up. Say what? Keep it up, Baton Rouge. Sao Paulo, Brazil. Chicago, Illinois. And lastly, Nashville, Tennessee. I don't know why I said tent, Tennessee. Tennessee. Anyways, Tennessee. Yes. Tennessee. Shout out to everybody. Thank you for listening. Please continue to listen. It yes. keeps us motivated. Mm-hmm. That and our wads of cash we make from this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish. It'd be nice. But we don't. Yeah. We do it all for you, listeners. All for you. Mike, I got a couple leftover stories. Didn't get through here. What do we got? A couple leftover stories. Uh, Mike, at the end of the week last week, the U.S. uh, State Department released an, an important statement. Hmm. They said, quote, the U.S. Department of State is aware of recent media reports regarding counterfeit pharmaceuticals available at pharmacies in Mexico, Word. including those tainted with fentanyl and methamphetamines. Ah, be careful, guys. Counterfeit pills are readily advertised on social media and can be purchased at small, non-chain pharmacies in Mexico, along the border, and in tourist areas. Americans should uh, should exercise caution when buying medications in drugstores in Mexico. Yes. Be careful. Mike, there's a guy in San Diego right now that's like, ah... That explains why that Viagra from Tijuana put me in a coma for five weeks. (laughs) Makes sense. Makes sense. Maybe I shouldn't take another one of those. I get it. No. I get it. No. But I'll also say on a a, a little bit of a serious tip, Mike, a little bit of a serious tip, um, maybe, maybe it's just me, uh, if the pharmaceutical market was properly regulated in America, and people didn't have to pay seventeen million dollars a dose for insulin. That's right. They could avoid going to Mexico altogether. American government, if yeah. you got your together, like Eli Lilly, Mike, the pharmaceutical company, announced that they would be lowering their cost. Actually, this month they lowered. They said they'd lower their cost of insulin. They'd cap it at thirty-five dollars. That's good. And that. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and like that. It, it is good. But at the same time, like they're coming in, like they're they're conquering the world, like oh well, we're doing it for you guys. Do you know, Mike? Insulin costs under ten dollars to make a dose, under ten dollars a dose. Here's how here's how America's cost of insulin is. In Japan, it's fourteen forty a dose. In Canada, it's twelve dollars a dose. In Germany, it's eleven dollars a dose. In wow. France, it's $9 a dose. In America in 2019, it was $330 a dose. Ugh. Blam. Go back those guys. Yeah. That's tough. Greediness, Mike. Yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's not good. It's effing disgusting. You're letting people die because you want to make more money. You are disgusting. Yeah. Drop your cost, you a-holes. Yeah. Anywho. Onto a lighter note, Mike. You remember when I was talking about uh, the National Park Service? And yeah. their, their kooky comments and their oh, social yeah. media? They're back at it. Oh, yeah. They had one that I really enjoyed this week. And this was uh, just a couple days ago. Three days ago, they came out with another post that said, <laughs> they brought the heat on this one. <laughs> Quote, we have parks. That was it. We
2: that was have it. parks.
1: We have parks, period. Wow. Black and white. That was it. On Instagram, on Twitter. Boom. Hitting people with the truth bombs, Mike. That's a fact. No fire emojis, no nothing? It, nothing. We have parks. Because they it. don't
2: have fire emojis. That's not really the emoji you would want to no, use. No, you do not
1: want that. <laughs> Smokey would be very upset, Mike. Yeah, you don't want to use very that. Very upset. It, it, PTSD for him every time he sees it. Oh, God, yeah. no. <laughs> no. Jeez. Uh, Mike, speaking of uh, uh, fire on the social media, got a very viral TikTok here again, of course. Uh-oh. Yeah, viral TikTok. Uh, Anna... Uh, Maligan? Anna Maligan's TikTok has gained over 25 million views over just a a couple weeks' time here, Mike. Uh, I'll give you a little summary of the video. Uh, It's a girl looking bemused in the video, and then it narrates a situation with a dude that she was on a date with. She explained she was on the date with the dude, and while in the car on the date, The dude gets a phone call he tells anna that it's his mom Mm. and needs to take the call he steps out the car but the phone is connected to the entertainment system of the car and the information is pulled up on the screen it does not say mom it says rachel bj seven out of (laughs) ten
2: that's hilarious
1: Then in the caption, she said, "What should I do?" Hmm, Mike. So many questions about this story. <laughs> I think I think my first question, Mike. I don't know about you, but I was like, "This dude actually exists." Like, I, that amazes me. My, I've got plenty of greasy dude friends. Yeah. Like, I've got total skis bag friends. I don't know any that are rating ladies as their contact info in their phone. Like, they may have a rating list somewhere, but it's not just the contact name. Like, what? Glam. Second, second, like, I mean, you know, in context of the story, it makes sense, Mike. But you're telling me this guy is too stupid to just remember she was 7 out of 10? Like, he can't just look and be like, Rachel, who was I? Mm, uh, mm, Don't remember. Right? Hilarious. Why did the dude have to take the call? Like, again, how stupid is this guy? Like, I mean, it doesn't seem like this guy has much of an honor code to start with. So, (laughs) like, how hard is it for him not to answer and then text Rachel back and be like, sorry, I couldn't talk. I was... Performing CPR on a man in a blood bank where I donate every weekend. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> So true. Can't make up some crap, man? Jeez. It's 2023. You can't send a text? What's wrong with you?
2: Yeah. Lastly
1: on this story, Mike, I will say, if you're the lady in this situation, you might want to question how you ended up on a date with a knob job like this. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, you know, I don't want to put the blame on you, lady, but... If he's making contact names like that, hmm. there definitely were some previous red flags that you ignored on the way that you were like, oh, no, this guy will be cool. Yeah. He'll Get be off good.
2: plenty of fish, whatever you're on.
1: Yeah. Whatever stop." that's... Stop fishing around on the old social media, Doc G. Meets- back in
2: my day, we couldn't fit that much text in our phones.
1: <laughs> Amen. Back our in contact. our day, I used an Nokia. abacus for a phone. <laughs> what? Uh, slide this. Call this. Anyways, <laughs> stupid. Mike, let's uh, let's take a break. We are going to be back with none other than the fantastic Sam Morell, right here on the Doc G Show.
2: 5.5 Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP-FM, UNF
3: Jacksonville.
0: The Doc G Show, because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker
1: Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are joined by one of my absolute favorite comedians. He's everywhere right now. He's got specials. He's got podcasts. He's got shows. Most importantly, he has a show right here at Ponte Vedra Concert Hall on March 25th. Mr. Sam Morell. Sam, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I am doing good, man. I am doing good. You've got six shows coming up here in Florida. Two in Miami, two in Orlando, two in Jacksonville uh now if listeners don't know that's
0: that's a lot what i got myself into that is a ton
1: (laughs) in florida that's what i was getting ready to say you're not you're not a fan we know of naples but i wanted to ask you no
0: that's yeah that's naples i don't have beef with all of florida
1: okay good good how do you feel about jacksonville
0: jacksonville is all right i haven't played there too much um I did a gig there with Adam Sandler. It was like right near Jacksonville in that big outdoor mm-hmm. uh, venue. That was, I mean, that was fun as f- that Sandler's crowd. Uh, so yeah. we'll, we'll see what we'll see what my crowd looks like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you see all the stories about uh, you know Florida man. Uh, I feel like you highlighted Ohio man pretty hard with your White Knight story. Do you think there's any? Do you think there's any state out there that competes with Florida man?
0: Geez, I mean, not really. Every time something horrible happens, you're like, it's, it, you don't have to even open the article. You're like, Florida. It's like, <laughs> every time, there's that new teacher story in Tampa you saw where he, like, did a Nazi saloon. Yeah. And he's, like, bullying the kids. And I was like, of course. And, hey, I love Tampa. I've been playing there every year for, like, I don't know, 12, 14 years. I go there every year. Uh, great comedy crowd. And uh we're know, just a little nuts. It, yeah, it's kinda of what you it's what you expect with Florida. It's like, you know, a little gun, a hint <laughs> of racism, your grandma, it's a weird combo.
1: <laughs> There's definitely a lot of grandmas. If you if you have to oh, play yeah. near the villages, it's gonna be rough. There's gonna be I remember bombing in Boca. Boca
0: was a fat bomb. Too, Ooh, it was like they were like, We put you in an RT room in Boca. I'm like the
1: youngest person here is seventy two. Oh, that's gonna be rough. Boca is a hard crowd yeah. to win over.
0: Uh Fort Myers too. I bombed in Fort Myers pretty bad. I'm really not selling myself really well, anyway. <laughs> I bombed in Fort Myers and uh that was it was a club called Belushi's. Uh and it's it's Belushi's club. And I hear he's a great guy too, but I, I I'm eating at his club, club stinks. And uh <laughs> I remember at the end of the weekend, it was one of those things where it was like only gray hair. And it's like look, I it just wasn't my people. End of the weekend, the bartender walked over to me, and all he said was, "You deserved better." <laughs> I I, like, geez. All right.
1: I I don't know. I, I mean, I feel I, I feel like some of your jokes can reach the older crowd. Maybe it's just our old people in Florida. I don't know.
0: You know, it, it was really only Naples and Fort Myers were like the really bad ones. Boca was fine, but but uh, no, Miami's good. Aside from the fact that they all show up thirty minutes late on coke. <laughs> uh, once you get past that, they're pretty. They're pretty darn fun. And then Orlando's great, aside from the flight to Orlando, where you're just like, I, you know, I've never been more pro-choice in my life. I hate these kids, <laughs> these wretched little creatures screaming. And then, uh, and then you got like, you know, Tampa, that said is cool. And you know, I'm pumped for Jacksonville.
1: We're we're pretty we're pretty neutral. Good.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I every state has their bad cities. You know, I mean, like Ohio's the same way. You brought up Ohio, like Cleveland and Columbus rock, but then you got places like Toledo and you're like, that's Oof. the type of place you, you go in your hotel room and you're like, Is this where I end at all? You know what I mean? You, you do a little check of the weight of the ceiling thing and see what it can hold. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's, a dark, it's a dark city, Toledo. They're like proud. I think they're like, they're like we, we manufacture glass. And you're like, who cares? I want to jump through glass right now. It's awful. awful. But uh, every state has their highs and lows. I mean, look, I'm from New York. You think I like Albany?
1: <laughs> uh, once you get, once you get past the city, it's, it gets some, some rough areas in New York that aren't going to well, be Buffalo's
0: got hard. I like, Buffalo's cool. You know, Rochester's kind of cool. But then you get to like Syracuse, you're like, this stinks. You gotta, <laughs> you, I mean, I, I remember I met a guy in Atlantic City at the table who's in Syracuse. And I go, ugh. And he goes, well, you're prejudging me. I go, prejudging? I've been there like 10 times. It stinks. But, it's awful. And uh, and, and we got we went at it at the table. Yeah, I, I, I had a few drinks in me. Um, <laughs> I'm always—it it might have been my fault.
1: I'm always surprised at the people like that. That like, I mean, I get it. You're from that place, but you need to have a little realization that the place you're from sucks. Like, you well, he could,
0: wasn't even from there. He had a southern accent. I was kind of like, I was like, wait, you moved to Syracuse?
1: <laughs> that's that's on him. Definitely on him oh, for yeah. that. That's that's horrible. I. I sort of was wondering when you when you brought up Fort Myers and and Naples, was it like the similar reaction? Because I saw you on uh, Ari on Ari uh, Melber's show there uh, on MSNBC, yeah. and I know you're making fun of it on your on your Instagram about your reaction. Was it like that reaction of just sort of like silence, like uh, whoa, yeah. whoa? Well,
0: I think you know Ari's on a show where like you know. I hear The the booker's like He's a fan And then I get there And I'm like Well apparently not Uh, (laughs) You know It's one of those things Uh, You know Ari was Nice I don't think That other guest Helped me either He was really Letting me die I think
1: He's one one of the hosts On MSNBC That was the thing That I was like Dude Come on Help them out there.
0: Well, that's the thing. When you go on those shows, I'm like, hey, I, I'm not gonna go on and just bomb quietly. If, we, if you have me on, I'm gonna make a stink of it. So uh, <laughs> if, if, if I go down, I'm going down in flames, man. I want to make it. I want to make it funny. So that's when I just started kind of going all in. But uh, hey, I'd go back on What's the-
1: it was, it was, it was still funny, man. It was awesome. I, I enjoy. It That's was, what
0: I mean. Even bombing is funny sometimes. I mean, I, if you can do it gracefully, and you kind of do it on your terms. There's nothing wrong with a bomb. It's, 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 it's more interesting than a, than a kill.
1: No, no offense to Ari, but that was the best Ari show I'd seen in a long time. So, you know.
0: <laughs> uh, well, if Ari's
1: listening, man, you better have Sam back on your show. No worries. He is not listening. We're gone. <laughs> but now. uh you've got on on, on the tour uh, this is a big tour. I mean as far as like the venues, these are you know I mean the the Ponte Vedra concert hall it's a it's a you know 1500 person concert hall and these are like real deal theaters, pretty much all of the all of the uh, venues that you're you're working at. Does that have a different feel? When you're doing stand-up, than like the regular sort of standard comedy club.
0: Absolutely, I mean, I love clubs. I came up in clubs, but uh, theaters are just—it's—it's it's a pretty special feeling. Uh, Chris Rock once said, he goes, "There's something about velvet seats. They just behave better." <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, that's that's pretty—that's pretty true." Right? The tickets a little more expensive. It's a little bit more of a fancy night out. I mean, I came up doing a lot of papered rooms, which essentially means free tickets. Yeah. So. The club will still make their two drink minimum i didn't really care about the comics money so you know you're building a bad culture of comedy when people don't pay for the show because they don't respect the show so yeah uh i definitely am grateful that there's an investment in the show and not just people who are like what's at the mall tonight you know it's it's a better show for
1: sure. I definitely get those a lot with uh, with musicians. You know, you get the musicians that have been playing like the the Buffalo Wild Wings, and the person comes in, they're like, "Oh Jesus, a band's in here! Oh Christ!" And like you just you you're you're pushing your content. I can only imagine when it's actually you're trying to tell jokes to somebody. I mean, music's one hey, thing. Well, you
0: see, the, you see the guy, you see the guy suing Buffalo Wild Wings because he said they're basically just chicken nuggets. I'm like, that's who you're playing to. That dude. <laughs> that's your audience as a musician. They might not understand the nuances of what you're doing up there. You can trick them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, look, I got nothing against the Buffalo Wild Wings. But that's not, I mean, that's, I think that's the equivalent of having your, if you're playing there, having your art hung up in like a Holiday Inn. That's not what you're going for. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Well, you've, you've, uh, I mean, as far as big moments in the career, you've had a lot in the last several years. And, uh, one of them was awesome. I just watched it uh, a couple of uh, weeks ago on Netflix. You were on Dave Letterman's special. That's my time. Um, and yeah, I, that was pretty crazy. I've been such a huge fan of Dave Letterman for so long. Like, I mean, you know, obviously he's, he's the guy late night dude. How big of a deal was that for yeah. you?
0: Well, he's not just an icon, but he's also kind of a New York icon, and and um, yeah, I mean he's he's just the best. It, it was it was crazy when I got that offer. I was kind of like, for real? Like I guess I, I wait. They want me to stand up on Letterman's shoulder, and they said, no, he's going to interview you. And I said, he's going to interview me. Uh, so I was like, all right. Uh, I mean, of course I wanted to do it. And I was pumped, and uh, I mean. It's funny, the biggest gig I'd ever done in New York was the next morning, so I had to take that in L.A. on Friday night and then take like a 5 a.m. flight back to New York. Was that was the Beacon? The Beacon Theater. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So uh, it's funny how it, always, how it always works, you know. Yeah. It so comes I remember to I was ice. on the flight the next morning. Chris DiStefano, the comedian, was on my flight, and I was telling him, I'm like, oh, I hope I, if I get, like, two hours, like, I'll be good for now. You know, I a muscle relax the night before, but if I get two hours on this flight, and Chris was seated right behind me on the flight, and I passed out, and I, as I woke up, I looked behind, I just saw his arms in the air, like, yes, you did it, <laughs> you know? It's funny, it's like such a supportive group of, of idiots, we're just like, you know, being, <laughs> we're just being complete idiots in the Delta Lounge, and then... You know, on the flight, he's just like, "Yeah, you, you got your two hours. Hey, you're going to be okay.
1: You're, if you're flying Delta, you're you're flying good. That's and that's that's Delta, the classic. Delta's all right. It's nice. It's, I think uh, they are. Yeah, it's nice. What do, do you have? I do have one thing on David Letterman. You posted the clip. Why did he think you were from Boston? You have any idea why that was? When he, I do. Yeah, I
0: I think I know why. Apparently, on my Wikipedia. Uh, people have brought this to my attention. I didn't know this, but I'm from Chelsea, Massachusetts. Now, I'm originally from Chelsea in Manhattan, so I think someone might have wrote like Chelsea MA. Mm. And it's like, yo, well, Manhattan is a, is not a state, you idiot, uh, whoever wrote that. So that was shown to me. Also, apparently, I met a girl on a date once, and she goes, you're so much taller than I thought you'd be. And I said, why? She goes, your Wikipedia says 5'10", and I'm 6'3". So someone on Wikipedia doesn't like me.
1: Man, they are short It's... The opposite of basketball lineups. Let's make this dude five I inches know. shorter. That's good. Yeah, there's that's nice.
0: I know. It's, I mean, it's not, And I, I said, "Well, you still want to meet me?" And she goes, it's "Still, yeah, five I was okay with you at five <laughs> like, ten, but you, you seem." She goes, "You seem shorter," and I was like, "But you just thought I was shorter." <laughs> but uh well, you yeah, but as someone someone says I'm from Boston. I, that kind of it's also like it's so funny. I'm I have the most New York. Audience. I, I mean, I love Boston. Don't no, get me wrong. I was in Boston over the weekend. We did five at the Wilbur, and it was like one of the best weekends of my life. And I, Boston audiences are truly some of the best comedy audiences you'll ever get because they're like ball busters. They're kind of working class, and they're kind of, you know, they're tough, but they're also open-minded in a weird way. It's a, really a great comedy city, uh, but I'm sure it's from there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, a guy that played there that you have a podcast with uh, great podcast it's one of the two that you're on games with names with julian edelman and i was yeah. just wondering this is, this is fairly new but it's, you guys started it in august um who yeah. proposed the idea of the podcast was that your idea who came to you with it
0: I had nothing to do with the creative on that podcast. That was all them, and uh, I, I like the premise. I, you know, I've been offered other sports podcasts that I just thought were kind of boring, but I like the premise of, um, you know, we're looking for the greatest game, which is one thing that's kind of fun. Yeah. You, I like nostalgia podcasts, and I like you know, I love old movies. I love reliving old games, and uh, and then the fact that they have the ability to get the guests who actually. You know, we're playing in the game. Yeah, is is really to me to push it over the top, and then meeting and hanging with Julian he's just a, uh, an awesome guy. So that it, it made everything, it made the decision pretty easy. I
1: was, I was about to say, man, does is it is it annoying at all, or does he completely win you over? Being a guy that's that physically gifted, entertaining, and attractive, he feels he feels like one of those dudes that has a little bit too much in life.
0: You know what it is he worked so hard for it and he's a dude that like so if he was just like a dude who was like who looked like that and was like the first overall pick i think he might be insufferable. but he was a late pick he had to win his spot he had to wait for welker to get traded like you know uh or or signed with denver didn't get traded i think he signed with denver but uh so he had to kind of earn his moment. So I think that really gave him character. He's got, he comes from a good family. I mean, it, it's, it's a lot of stuff where they really, I think it's still good values in him. Yeah. And he's, uh, and he under, I think it took him a second. He says it, it took him a second. to understand my humor. Like I'll say it sometimes, but, we just come from very different worlds, the comedy and the sports world. Yeah. What you can get away with. Like I'll say stuff that I think for a second he was like, Wait, what did he just say? <laughs> you know? But then cut through a couple episodes in, he's rolling with it and I'm like, Yeah, all right. So <laughs> I've converted uh,
1: him. And Yes.
0: And it's funny. I mean, the guests are on for him, not for me. Like, if we get a big sports guest, they're like, Oh, dude, I'm a big Julian Edelman fan. And then they, then they have this other host. Who's this guy? (laughs) Yeah. They're like, Wait, what? Why is this guy making Harvey Weinstein jokes? Who is this? (laughs) And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I remember we had Kurt Warner on and he, I've never seen a dude more stone faced through my jokes. He hated my, (laughs) uh, he hated my sense of humor and, Edelman bailed me out of a couple of that's what, that's what a good
1: co-host does. Nice. Nice. I yeah. I, I do want to mention on uh, Games With Names, I was listening to it the other day, and you were talking best cereals and props to you for promoting Cracklin' Oat brand because...
0: It gets no love. It's an underrated cereal.
1: It is fan... It packs a fibrous punch, though. I do want to warn listeners. You got to... So
0: does coffee, but I still have my coffee every day. It's true. I think, I think fiber... Fiber helps you too. You need the fiber. It's, and, and, uh, it's important. Cracklin' open the only bad thing about it is it's got a lot of sugar, so if you have too much you will feel a little crazy. But <laughs> and I'm and I'm a multiple bowl of cereal guy, so that's the only issue with it. Oh but, yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah, you no. know,
1: cinnamon toast crunch, all the others have it too. But that one, you know Yeah,
0: golden grams, those are all classics. I mean look, I grew up on all that stuff. My parents were very anti sugary cereal yes. so that was like a treat. But same thing. Uh, you know, like, life was kind of the one where you're like, you can have life, and you're like, Ugh, all right. You know, it's good, but it's like, come I can, on. We know, we know what the stars are.
1: I can barely see it glisten in the light. It's There's almost no sugar on this thing. Come on. Nothing. But, nothing. But before we get off of, of, of sports here with the games with names, I saw actually last night, I know you're a huge Knicks, Knicks fan, and you see Jalen yeah. Brunson at a Rangers game. And yeah, it's
0: pretty crazy. And a
1: Hawk, ho- I'm going to be honest, that's not the first place I thought I'd see Jalen Brunson. And that's. Well, he's he's special. He's a special
0: New York guy already. Like, we've embraced Jalen Brunson. I was so excited when we signed him. I, I thought it was. People cr- criticized it, but he's, he's shut down all the haters. He's been amazing. And the fact that he has embraced New York and New York culture and he shows up in a Patrick Kane Rangers jersey yeah. in the game. He, he wants to be a part of, of what the Garden and what New York is all about. And we love him even more for that. And I got to chat with him a little bit. He's so cool. And uh, I, he's just like, I, I was talking to uh, a guy who works for the Knicks last night. And I said, I don't think I can name a better Knicks point guard since Wal Frazier. I, I mean, I, I can name. It, we just haven't had really awesome point guards until Brunson came along. I loved Derek Harper in the 90s. But I think from just like we got Harper older, yeah. Brunson is in his prime, and he's looking like he's he's looking like he's only getting better.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, he's. Uh, I mean, he he definitely has outperformed what I thought he was when he came from the Mavericks. I was like, eh, that was that was sort no, of overpaid. Died. Like I, you know, I thought I was just like, no, oh, no.
0: Now now he looks underpaid.
1: Yeah. Exactly. It's it's it is pretty wild. It is pretty wild. You also met Giannis. Would,
0: would you rather have him? Or, would you rather have him or Ja Morant right
1: now? You know? <laughs> uh, right now, definitely, definitely uh, Brunson. <laughs> but you know, you get some other things cleared up with with uh, Ja. Eh, I might rather have Ja. But it's if those other things yeah. clear up.
0: Not but, me. I'm a Brunson man.
1: There it is. There. It is. Well, you're also a Giannis man. I saw you talk to. to I love Giannis. Giannis. I'm, I a, s-
0: I'm a big Giannis. He's. I think he's the best player in the world right now. And and so I did a benefit for his uh his charity. I performed at his charity. Nice. And, uh, and Giannis is a really great guy. It was funny. I saw him and his brother in the front row with their hands over their mouth. I guess I went a little blue at the benefit, but I did. I had a good <laughs> set. And. Uh, you know, I think they were shocked at some of the jokes, but they were laughing. And then uh, afterwards, <laughs> I got to chat with Giannis for a while. And I, I told him, you know, I said, I bought, which is true, I bought everyone on my tour Giannis sneakers. So we're on the tour bus. We wake up and we play ball because I say, hey, I bought you all sneakers. You're going to feel pretty bad if you don't play basketball with me every day. So yeah. we find the YMCA in whatever city we wake up in and we play. And he goes, are you good? And I said, not really. And he goes, but you still playing? I said, yeah. And he goes, you a Bucks fan? I said, I'm not, dude. I said, I, I love your team. Because of the way you play, but I'm I'm a diehard Knicks fan, and he was he looked like bummed when I said that, and I was like, am I upsetting Giannis? <laughs> and then, uh, and then I I said I just I, it's in my blood I'm, I'm I'm a Knicks fan through and through. It's like I, I'm no I, there's no team I'm more passionate about. And he goes, well, you know, there's a quote. He goes, you never know where I end up next free agency. Oh man! And I said, don't do that to me because we're Giannis, we're one Giannis away from the best, being the best team in the world.
1: Well. I, I, I'll say almost every single team in the NBA Is one Giannis away from being the best team in the world Because <laughs> it's Giannis It's Giannis, man Fair enough then He's d- that good, fair I, enough I, I, I love his family too I just love Thanasis I They're love incredible how, how, They're incredible How enthusiastic he is He's just always so happy They're all so happy And they're just so dedicated to basketball, man
0: They're really good people too. It, they're, they're, they're truly good human beings
1: It's amazing. Well, Sam, you are also a very good person. I'm very happy that you were on the show. I don't want to take up any more of your time, but I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Listeners, make sure you check him out March 25th. If you can't get tickets to the live show, make sure you check out his special on Netflix same time tomorrow, or you can follow him on social media, very funny, at Sam Morell. We will be right back here on the Doc G Show.
4: I've unfortunately had a bad string of luck on the road. Some of it's my fault. About eight years ago, I was drinking too much. I was a young comic on the road. I was in Seattle. I was hitting on a girl after the show. Every 30 seconds, her friend would lean in and go, not interested. Every 30 seconds, she could do a bit better than you. It would get progressively meaner. At one point, she goes, you're very unattractive. And I was a drunk kid. I just said, get some more Botox, you lizard. I'm deeply ashamed of myself for saying that, and it's completely inappropriate. Although if you were there, you'd have been like, he nailed it, totally. But (laughs) she seemed furious. I couldn't tell by her face, but she seemed very upset. (laughs) Me and my friend were laughing. As we're laughing, I get popped in the face by her boyfriend. I deserved it. She was a lizard, but she was his lizard. And I thought it was cool (laughs) that they stuck together, you know? But this was foreshadowing. A month later, I'm in Cleveland. Horrible time to be in Cleveland. It was when LeBron left the first time. Okay, yeah, exactly. I don't know if you guys remember, but they did not take it well. (laughs) And they made the mistake of having their whole economic plan at the time be um, LeBron, and that's it. So (laughs) it was rough. And I I love Cleveland. I've always had good times there. I like the people. It felt like the whole city got dumped because it was Valentine's Day, too. It was just a weird vibe. And I met this hot older woman after the show, and we hit it off. But she's there with a guy friend who's just a friend, but it's Valentine's Day. There's there's that weird energy in the air he's kind of going for. I'm going for and he's buying me drinks to keep an eye on me and I'm accepting the drinks because I lack character. So <laughs> he gets up to go to the bathroom and I asked her, do you want to get out of here? And she said, yeah, let's ditch him. This is how stupid I am. I take her to the bar next door. That's my getaway plan. <laughs> I was like seven feet to the left, we got this. So we're doing shots, we're making out. It's a very romantic night. And <laughs> I'm glad some people laughed at that. But I can tell my city <laughs> when that doesn't get laughs at all. When people are like, that's a very romantic night out. That's dry humping and Jaeger shots. That's, that's how we did our 40th anniversary. So I finally said, hey, do you want to leave? And she said, I want to go back to your hotel. And I said, all right, then. So we go outside. The dude is standing right there. And I was like, oh, no. He goes, so there you guys are. Where the f- you think you're going? I said, oh, we're going to go back to my hotel. And he goes, oh, yeah? You're just going to f- and then fly back to New York? And I said, honestly, yes, that was the game plan. I was, <laughs> I was gonna pitch it quite differently. I was gonna say something romantic, like, shall we make love before my expedition or something And I was, I was gonna liven it up a little. He gets closer, to me, he goes, you wanna f- you gotta fight me first. And that's the first time I noticed he was missing teeth. And I was like, oh no, he's been down this road before. And I'm not gonna fight him. So I've never had sex with anyone and been like, that was better than teeth. Never. After every one night stand, I'm like, man, it's cool I get still eat apples after this. This is great, you know? I run down to the hotel lobby. I grab me a Macintosh. I go about my day. So I said, hey, I'm not gonna fight you. And he said, that's what I thought. Come here, babe. Doesn't say a word to me, just calls her over. She goes with him. They clearly have a weird arrangement of some sort. They start walking away. As they walk away, there's a guy behind me in a white sweatshirt. Matt matching white sweatpants. Very underdressed for Cleveland in February. Okay. He's not quite sitting, he's not quite standing. He's almost perched. And as they walk away, he loudly says, "I wasn't going to let anything happen to you." Uh, who are you? He walks over and he goes, "I police this part of town." I said, "You're a policeman?" He's not. This man It's obviously not with law enforcement of any kind. So I asked, do you work for the bar? He said, no. And I said, are you a vigilante of some sort? And he said, yeah. And he's in white. So I said, what's your superhero name? The Snowflake? And he said, I go by the white knight. And I'm just drunk enough to be like, yeah. That's all it took. I'm like, this guy's legit. He's got a name. So we started chatting, I'm kind of baffled. I asked him, you just wait outside and break up fights? And he said, I protect downtown Cleveland. <laughs> I said, haven't you been hurt? He said, I've been stabbed twice. <laughs> I was like, dude, why do you do this? He's like F- Cleveland, that's why. And it's kind of touching, honestly. He's crazy, but he's loyal. They lost LeBron, they got this guy. It's a horrible trade, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but this is what loyalty looks like. It's not always pretty, you know? So we started taking a walk. I'm taking a little stroll with the White Knight. And we passed the comedy club and my poster's in the door. And he said, you're a comedian. I said, yeah. He said, I can never do what you do. And I said, I could never do what you do either. It's, um, it's illegal and strange and quite alarming to be frank. So there's a real mutual admiration going on, you could say. And we start chatting for a while about life and love. You know, at one point he asked me, why don't you have a girlfriend on Valentine's Day? And I said, probably my life choices and my career. And he said, me too. And I said, we're not so different, you and I, white knight. So we walks him back to the hotel and he said he's coming to my show tomorrow night. And uh, I said, great, so I'll see you then. And we exchange information as you do with vigilantes. And I wake up the next morning head pounding, thinking, did that even happen? But of course it did. You don't, you don't daydream the white knight. First email I see just says subject heading white night. And I thought, I think it's him. I don't, I don't know that many white knights. It said, Sam, it was such a pleasure to meet you last night. Unfortunately, something came up and I'm unable to attend your show this evening. Sincerely, your new friend and fan, the White Knight, in parentheses, Joshua. That made me very happy. (laughs) Jews are very underrepresented as superheroes, you know? he's, He's our Black Panther. So I email him back. It bounces back. I email him again. It bounces back to the point that I'm like, this guy's created a fake email account to contact me and then just disappear. It's very... So it's like in Batman when he's talking to Commissioner Gordon and he, and he turns away for a second, and turns back, and Batman's gone. But you see the wind moving. He did that to me via email. <laughs> it was always in the back of my head. Years go by, I never hear from him, but I always thought about it because I've had weird drunk nights, but this one's particularly strange. So it must have been six years later, I get an email out of the blue. Different email address, but it still says subject heading White Knight. And I thought, it's probably him. I don't. <laughs> I don't have a large White Knight Rolodex, so. All it said was, saw you on Conan, funny <laughs> white night. And I wrote back, dude, you're still out there white nighting. I'm still doing comedy. We're both still in the game. And he wrote back, oh no, I no longer engage in white nighting. I now have a wife and a little boy and we reside in the suburbs of Cleveland. And I was like this traitorous mother <laughs> <laughs> and Then he wrote, how are you? And I said, I'm in Naples. And he wrote back Italy, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming out, guys. You've been amazing. I appreciate it very much.
1: And we are back here on the Doc G show. Yes! That was just Sam Morell right there, Mike. <laughs> Sam Amorell on the show. Fantastic. Now, I yes. do want to clear up. Uh, Mike uh, couldn't be on the uh, call, uh, time scheduling, and the fact that yeah. it was on the phone instead of Zoom. We couldn't make it work, so I wasn't trying to push Mike out, listeners. There was no okay. push out of him. But, yeah. Mike, what, no, what, what did you think? What did you think of the interview?
2: Couple things. So first of all, I've also bombed in Boca. I know exactly the room he's talking about. The Boca Black Box Theater, uh, I think. Yeah, wow. I'm pretty sure that's the room. Uh, I've also bombed there nice. in front of people who are triple my age. And uh, I also enjoyed how he said, bombing can be just as entertaining as a good set. Um, something I've never considered, but I see it all the time. But of course, comedians, we get in our head, we're like, oh, we bombed, but hey, we we made it funny. You know, that's that's the amazing. That's why I yeah. put it. That's why I put him there with my favorite, Mike,
1: with with Norm McDonald, because Sam yeah. has started to have that ability where he's impervious to the bombing, like, he doesn't yeah. like it, doesn't bother him because he's like, somebody is finding this funny. It's not For these sure. people that are hating it right here, but there's somebody. That is, that is laughing about this. And yes. like, and he just doesn't care, you know? And uh, yeah, it is. I mean, if you have time, Mike, go back and watch that video of him on the Ari Melber show because so it's true. hilarious. Uh, because like, it's silent in the studio. And he's like, and then he points out, he's like, the producers thought that was funny back there. They thought it was funny. And I was just like, yes. Yes, I'm sure they did cuz if I was a producer back there, I would be cracking up and be like, "Let's <laughs> let's keep him going. Can we keep this going? Oh man, anything else, Mike?"
2: Uh no, it was just uh yeah, it was just a great interview. I mean, like he uh it's just so cool that he gets to hang out or with Freaking basketball players! Oh, it's also like Giannis. Uh, that that comment that Giannis made. Hey, you never know free agency. It's like you tell all the girls that Giannis. You tell all the girls this, don't you? Or like, or, come on, or just Sam in
1: this case. Hey, maybe just, uh, just pretty yeah. Sam. Just pretty yeah. Sam. Giannis. Maybe
2: he actually does Giannis, go Mike. to the uh, the Nick. What did I say? Giannis. What did I say? You said Giannis. Oh, come on, Giannis. I oh. Giannis. Oh, it is Giannis. Oh, yeah. I always say Giannis. It's all right. <laughs> Old habit. It's okay.
1: We'll we'll let it slide. We're going to let it slide. I didn't let it slide. That's why I brought it up. I don't know why I said we'll let (laughs) it (laughs) slide. Anyways, Mike, fantastic interview. Hopefully next time he can come by, stop in the studio. That'd be fantastic. He'll probably be way too big by then. Hopefully maybe rising tides, we rise with him, and we'll be that popular by then. Yes. You know? Yes, Maybe that's an idea. Regardless, Mike, we need to move on to a segment that is that popular. The Doc J Top (laughs) 3. Mike, before
2: we start on this week's topic, have you been jamming on the playlist I made? Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Thank you so much, Doc G, for making that. It's amazing. There were some songs in there that I totally forgot about. Folks, I, Bass. Uh, Come uh, on. Yeah. Folks, I made a
1: playlist based off of what we were talking about last week, our top three uh, for the 90s. I made a playlist on Spotify. It is public if you want to go check it out. It's called Skate Your Balls Off Playlist. Yeah, it's so great. It's, uh, it's got all the jams. If you are uh, an 80s, 90s, I only had like three 80s songs that I put on there that are very popular in the 80s that would make their way into a roller skating rink for there the 90s. Essentials. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, well, you got to put this on there. You got to oh, put this yeah. on there. So uh, it's, if you want to check it out, listeners, feel free. You'll skate your balls off. There's no yeah, doubt about it. Um, Mm -hmm. Mike, we need to move on to this week's topic, though. I told you it's based off of our guest, and the guest would be top three things that Kent Rollins has cooked. Correct, Mike. Correct. Mm -hmm. So... I got some deep cuts on this one. I don't think Word. there are things that you would you, you would have looked at and been like, my goodness, I'm, I, that's what I'm going for. And I went off of what I want to eat so true. Like this wasn't like how hard of cooking because we were talking about some things like that. I went off uh, how hard or how, how good it would uh, be to eat. I went with things that were unique that I saw on there because I know hmm. some things on there that I'm like, yeah, of course that'd be good. It'd be awesome. And be none. yeah, but I went with some of the deeper things. And I'm like, I would like to try that. Yeah, mm. Yes. Okay, so Mike, you're
2: number three, what do we got? So I didn't go too deep. I kind of went with uh, well, I went deep on the my number one. But anyways, uh, my number three is definitely gonna be that country fried steak. Sweet. I watched both versions. I watched the Bobby Flay right, uh, right. cook off, but then I watched his follow up video to where he actually goes into the details about how he makes it. Yeah, and uh, that looks incredible. I don't. I don't.
1: I don't doubt. Uh, you know. I mean, come on, Mike. Steak, fried, gravy. What? Yes. What? That's going to be good. There's no doubt about that. There is no doubt about that. I will agree. I I put that as an honorable mention. But then again, pretty much everything he uh, made has been an honorable mention. I don't think there's anything on his video list that I'd be like, no. Like, (laughs) I'm a disposal. I'll eat every single thing that he puts out there. It's fine. Uh, My number three, Mike, this is an interesting one. I was very intrigued. Bacon, egg, and ham waffle bake. Um what? Yeah. Bacon, egg, and a ham waffle bake. That's right. And I was like, you know what? I want to get in on that. That's everything in breakfast wrapped in one. I now not to be not to break the server rules, Mike, but he's a cook. I might ask him if we could substitute bacon for that ham. I want I want the fatter greasier. I don't want just some ham on there. I want some real deal bacon. But Regardless, yeah, bacon's the way. I'm still interested in it. Regardless, I still want that. So, Mike, you're number two. What do you got?
2: All right, Doctor. I hope you're not disappointed because this isn't one of his. Uh, this isn't a food thing, but it was his uh, cowboy coffee. Um, I watched that video three times. I showed my girlfriend the video, and uh, I want to make the cowboy coffee because it really does look delicious the way he makes it with his huge pot. Um, but just. It just kind of goes back to that, like, the reason why I think he is so popular is it's just such a satisfying video to watch, Mm. Uh, the Mm. Cowboy Coffee. So I want to make – I'm going to buy that pot somehow. I don't know how he gets it, but – You know, Mike, I mean, you imagine.
1: You imagine in your head that he's just – I mean, the reason, like you said, so satisfying, like, you just imagine waking up in the morning out on the, the range. He's been up for like yeah. two hours, three <laughs> yeah. hours, and now he's just stirring his pot of coffee for you like, how's it going, partner? Want a little coffee? There you go. And you're just like, oh, tell me stories. Yeah. yeah. And you just sat around <laughs> drinking your coffee, you know? I mean, I could, I can could see it. That's in yeah. in the head, definitely. Now I'll, yeah. I'll say I'd rather have the bacon, egg, and ham waffle bake in For the sure. comfort of my home. Uh, I would not <laughs> yeah. want to have that out on a range. I would just be like, "How about we have this on my couch?" So Ooh, true. That sounds yeah. nice. But uh, Mike, my number two, and this is this is a bit of a curveball, but it just—I I bet you—he makes it pretty effing awesome lasagna.
2: Ooh, lasagna!
1: Yeah. He's got lasagna and that cast iron man, and I'm just like, oh. Say what? Uh. I know it's mm. not classic Italian. I know they're not. He's not doing it as they is they do in in you know, Napoli. I know that's not, it's <laughs> yeah. not not going down like that. But you know what? I still want it. That's a fact. It's oh yeah, still good. You know, checking this out. Yeah. Oh, I bet it's going to be... I, oh, I bet it's so good. Anyways, Mike, your number one thing that Kent Rollins has... My been. number one,
2: and I actually made this on Friday night. Oh, you did. You did. The Cowboy Big Mac. Boom. Cowboy Big Mac. Yeah. Mike, it how was delicious. yours? It was delicious, Doc G, and it was seriously... Um, It tasted exactly like a Big Mac, but just... Way better, you know. Obviously, best part you know, of use, like, yours. What of were meat. you? Yeah.
1: What were you the fan of? Was it? Was it the meat? Was it
2: the? Uh, was it the sauce? What was it? Yeah, it was like just the, the just combination everything. of everything. Yeah, the sauce was amazing. Like yeah. the because you know I think he adds like a little spice or like a little kick yeah. to the mm-hmm. sauce. I mm-hmm. don't obviously know the McDonald's recipe, but he adds and it was uh, yeah, it's just incredible. Like mm-hmm. it was uh, yeah, it was expensive uh, to make. It was like uh, forty dollars in ingredients, um, and it, you know of course it took a lot of work, but nice. uh, it was it was definitely worth it. Mine's a little
1: bit along the same lines, Mike, for my number one. Now, I did not make it, and I don't see myself making it any time in the future (laughs) because it it takes, uh, like you said, a bunch of time and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, It'd be really messy. There'd be a lot of cleanup for it. But chicken sandwich, man yeah okay his fried chicken sandwich that just i mean the crisp that he puts on it he double dredges that thing he goes from the wet to the dry to the wet to the dry yeah he's got the seasoning in there and he pickle brines that that chicken before he puts it in there Mm. and
2: just pro move i bet you that's so good man Uh, yeah i need to get uh, that seasoning i need to get his seasoning i bet you I'm i'm probably gonna pick that up it's not bad
1: not bad. Yeah. Mike, how many cast iron skillets do you think Cowboy Kent has? I'm I'm hmm. I'm guessing it's at least like 400. I'm guessing oh. he's got like his garage is just full of them. So true. Cuz like if you go on his videos, like 40 of the videos are testing a new cast iron skillet. And I'm just like, "Holy crap. Like I know that's pretty much the only thing this guy cooks on, but good lord. Yeah. Yeah, just imagine if this guy had to move and take all of them somewhere. I got uh, eight tons of cast iron skillets <laughs> that we're going to need to move. So that equates to five skillets. So Girl, super heavy, Mike. Super heavy. You yeah. get a workout using those things. Anyways, Mike, continuing the trend off the interview inspiration, I'm going to say this week, uh, for, for next week, I want you to think about it. And you don't have to be a stand-up comedian. You are, Mike. I am not. The listeners are not. I want everybody to think up. What do you think the three worst states you feel to do stand-up would be? Mm. What are the three worst states? In your head. Okay. Mike can obviously use uh, real data if he wants. But I'm going (laughs) to conjure up what I think based off of what I know of a state. And I'm just going to say... But I want to try to tell people jokes from this state. I don't know. Nope. I don't know. Nope. Now, just to let you know, states, states that are listening right now, if you're on the list, it's not your fault personally. Now, collectively as a state, yes, there's something in (laughs) the vibe you're giving off that is not working. But personally, no, not your fault. So anyways, Mike, that's it. Think up the three Mm. states, worst states to do stand-up comedy in. Okay. Okay. We'll get an imaginary perspective from me and a real perspective from Mike. That's what we'll get. Mike, we've got two birthday suits left over. All right. You are 20 for 31 right now. 20 for 31. Here we go. Mm, and you, di- you didn't get the one <laughs> that I thought you were going to get. So I don't know how these hey. are going to go. Oh, Thank you, yeah. got this one, though. Here we go. Okay. Okay. Born on March twenty second, nineteen thirty one, in Montreal, Canada. When our birthday suit wearer was young, he became interested in acting and was part of the Montreal Children's Theater. Hmm. But his first movie or TV role wasn't until he was attending McGill University in nineteen fifty one. He started. Uh, he starred in a comedy drama called the butler's night off so true after graduating he started working at mountain playhouse theater and the canadian national theater in ottawa in 1954 he moved to new york city uh, to become a broadway actor Over the next decade and a half, he starred in several films, movies, and Broadway productions. In 1966, he was cast as Captain James T. Kirk in Star Trek. Say what? He played the role for three seasons. While the show only received modest ratings at the time and only went for three seasons, the popularity grew and grew, uh, and he became known for Captain Kirk, which brought him back to the role for the movie in 1979. Then in 1982 for the sequel. Then in 1984, 86, 89, 91, and 94. With seven movies in the Star Trek sequence. And our birthday suit wearer being Captain Kirk. During this time, he also had other successful acting roles like Sergeant T.J. Hooker in the 1980s uh, TV show, T.J. Hooker. He also uh, hosted the show Rescue 911 during the 90s for seven seasons. In the 2000s, he played in the movie Miscongeniality and several animations. Most recently, our birthday suit wearer went to space with Jeff Bezos in the Blue Origin flight to space in 2021. Name that birthday suit wearer. William Shatner. <laughs> William Shatner is correct. Yes. Nicely done, Mike. Nicely thank done. You. Thank you, thank you. That dude's. That dude is. I will. I will say. You know. And i've I've heard some. Uh. I've heard some, uh, not so good things about William's health. I, I don't think it's going so great for his health. Hopefully, those rumors are uh, wrong. Hopefully, he's like ninety five, isn't he, or something? How old is he? Well, he's gonna be turning ninety two. 92. 92. And uh. And you know, like I was saying, hopefully those things are wrong. But like I will say this, Mike. I don't really know of any other ninety-two-year-old that
2: looks that effing good for ninety-two. No way, he looks amazing. He's kind of—he's on the uh, Netflix, uh, the Unexplained too. It's—he uh, looks incredible. He's like killing it. Like
1: I don't know how you do it, man. I honestly don't know. Like you show me a picture of William Shatner right now, and I would guess like, I don't know, seventy. 70, maybe 60, yeah. 65, something like that. Like, 92? What? What? Yeah. It's crazy, man. Anyways, hats off to, to Captain Kirk. Hats off to William William Shatner. That's right. Uh, Mike, our last birthday suit. Don't think you're going to get foosball player.
2: Nope. We'll try. It's all good.
1: So you are now 21 for 32, 21 for 32. Here we go. Born on March 22nd, 1989 in Pewaukee, Wisconsin. Growing up, our birthday. I like how Pewaukee, no offense to folks in Pewaukee, it just sounds like somebody is trying to make up a fake city in Wisconsin and all they can think of is Milwaukee. So they're like, uh, where was I? Uh, Pewaukee? <laughs> is it Pewaukee? Yeah, that sounds good. Anyways, our birthday suit where I loved all sports. He played hockey. Basketball, football, baseball, and track and field. He was first-team All-State as a tight end and defensive end. However, coming out of high school, he was only a two-star recruit, didn't get much attention, and he ended up going to Central Michigan. Hmm. He wasn't a fan of his position at Central Michigan, so he transferred to Wisconsin and tried to walk on, which he did. He became their starting defensive end, and by his senior year, he was first team All Big Ten and first team All American and the Lot Trophy winner, which essentially goes to the best defensive player in the country for football. Uh, okay. he, he ended up being drafted 11th overall by the Houston Texans. He started all 15 games his rookie season, finished with 48 tackles, five and a half sacks. Our birthday suit wearer played nine seasons. Uh, of his career with the Texans and then two more with the Arizona Cardinals he retired in 2022 over his career he was the sacks leader of the NFL twice he was a seven time all pro player he was defensive player of the year three times in 2012 2014 and 2015 and he had two seasons where he had 20 sacks over 20 sacks in a season he is considered one of the best defensive players in the history of the NFL. Name that birthday suit where. No idea. I'll also give you a hint. He's got two brothers in the NFL right now. That helps. They, they, their last Does not help. last name starts with a W. They did some Subway commercials. No, nothing? Hmm. Nothing, sorry. J.J. Watt. J.J. Yeah. Watt. No, no, Nothing
2: wouldn't have even, no way. Yeah,
1: what are we going to do?
2: It's all good. Yeah, what are you going
1: to do? It's not not Mike's wheelhouse, everybody. Lay off.
2: It's all good. Lay off
1: him. Lay off him. He's 21 for 33. He's doing pretty good. (laughs) All right? Pretty good. 63%. Okay, we've dropped a little bit more, but he's at 63. It's pretty solid. Okay?
2: He is doing good. Mike? These get high school degrees
1: amen amen <laughs> mike we have some fantastic shows coming up my goodness the guest the guest ah,
2: we've got so many the,
1: we've got the fantastic uh uh nico moon coming on the show can't wait for this guy yep. he just seems to have a good time man i mean i know his song is good time but he just seems to have a good time and a great smile Great I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this about uh about his smile actually Mike I was thinking about this you know like in a lot of his smiles he looks like the guy that was up to no good shenanigans in high school like that smile yeah. seems like some shenanigan causing smile like oh yeah not horrible shenanigans not like it's gonna end up with everybody in jail for five to ten years but shenanigans no. that you're gonna be like fuck. Man, yeah, yeah. come on and then you're gonna laugh about it. And you're gonna move on That's I, I, I think there's some of those shenanigans up his sleeves, but he's an awesome dude Fantastic guy can't wait to talk to him. It's gonna be a good time. We've also got Austin Mead another fantastic artist Can't wait to talk to Austin Mike as you know as I have let you in We got an email while uh, during a break from an artist, and again, I don't want to ruin it because we actually haven't scheduled the time, so I'm not going to release who it is, but I'll just say, listeners, one of, my, Huge. one of my favorite rock groups there is. Say what? We have got one of their members coming on the show, and Mike knows I'm very excited. Oh, yeah. Very excited, and Mike knows his dad will also be very excited. Oh,
2: yeah. He is going to be very excited for sure. It's
1: going to be good stuff. Going to be good stuff. But I'm not going to ruin it until we actually get it scheduled. And hopefully by next week, I can tell you it will be scheduled, and you will be like, oh, my God, he wasn't lying about that guest. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. But until then, Mike, we're going to have to wrap it up. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Furnicus, Charette.
2: Always a pleasure, Doc G. Thank you so much.
1: Of course, and until next week, zip it
2: up and zip it out. Zip it a doo dah.